Hello, everybody. Welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're with us today. My name's Evan, and I'm the lead pastor of Northgate. If you haven't met me before, uh, it's just an honor to have you join us, honestly. Um, I'm still meeting people uh, in the Comox Valley regularly. Uh, I haven't gone really outside of the Comox Valley for a while, so I don't know if I would meet people there too, but I meet people in the Comox Valley that have started joining us uh, in church uh, since we've been meeting online. So they weren't part of our gathering before, and now they're part of our online gathering And so if you're here today and that's you, I just want you to know that you're so welcome. We're glad that you're here. Uh, I love that you want to be a part of this with us. Uh, I I love that you want to just take a little bit of time uh, in your schedule right now to hear from God and just to allow yourself to be moved by music even though it's online and a sermon even though it's online and just be touched uh, by His presence and His Spirit. Jesus loves you and He wants to meet you here and now. Do you believe that? I believe it. I believe it. So we're walking through a series. We're in week four of this series called Bread in the Wilderness, uh, looking at one of the greatest miracles that that ever took place, uh, ever, really. Uh, It's a miracle of provision, a miracle of God meeting God's people, the nation of Israel, before they were even a nation, before they even had a land. In fact, they had just come out of slavery for 400 years from Egypt. They just crossed the Red Sea. They had landed in the wilderness. They were on their way to what was called the promised land where they were supposed to end up. And in that space, some two to three million people were being provided for by God with meat and bread and water in the wilderness. Millions of people. And so that's been the story that we've been looking at because we don't just recognize in that story that God can provide and He's powerful and amen, dun, 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 we're on our way. But actually we discover in that story a, a number of different ways that God actually wants us to receive His provision, to obtain His provision, to share His provision. It teaches us a lot about God and His care for us. And so that's what we've been kind of trying to de- uh, determine uh, through this series. Uh, the first week we talked about how Jesus Jesus actually, when he looked back on this scene, when people said to Jesus, hey, can you do what Moses did? Can you get us bread in the wilderness? Can you do that? When Jesus heard that, he actually said, well, yes, I am the bread. I'm the real bread. I'm the real gift from heaven, that it's not some provision, but it's me. If you just come to me, I am enough for you. He says, if you come to me, I am that, I'm the, such a great bread that if you come to me, you'll never go hungry again. If you come and be satisfied by what I can give you, you'll never go hungry again. That's what we said week one. The second week, we talked about grumbling. And we said that, that uh, grumbling doesn't make us uh, better, it makes us bitter. That usually when we, when we our, our natural response to things can just be to grumble and to, to complain about things. And, and it doesn't actually help us like get it out. It usually just causes us to become more bitter. And so even there though, God allowed their grumbling to be met by His grace. And they grumbled about the bread and about the, uh, about the meat and about what they used to have in slavery. And God said, even though you're grumbling against me, I still want to give you my grace. I want you to know how much I love you. And I can handle your grumbling and I can handle your complaining. And I'm still a big God who can a pr- provide in incredible ways for your life. And so God showed up that way. Week three, uh, we, we talked about this idea of what is it? 
They actually named this stuff that came up on the ground, this manna, they actually named it, what is it? That's what it was called. Like, well, we don't know what it is, so we'll just call it what is it. It was this new thing that they didn't expect, and it was surprising to them. It was different than what they anticipated, and so are God's provisions often different than what we anticipate them to be. But He knows what what we need, and we're going to continue on in that vein today a little bit, looking at the surprising provisions of God for our lives. Exodus 16, which is where we've been camping for a little while. Exodus 16 verse 4 says this, Then the Lord says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people are to go out each day. I want you to remember those two words, each day. I want you to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Go out each day and get what you need for that day. That's it. Just get what you need for that day. And in this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. There's God going, Moses, I've got a test for the Israelites. Now, these are my people. I've pulled them out of slavery I've helped them cross the Red Sea. I've shown them how they become rich, more rich and powerful than the richest and powerful nations in the world by coming out of slavery. Like I've already done some miraculous things in their lives, but I want to see if they, they trust me now. I want to see if they'll follow me. He's, he's testing their trust. He wants to know where they're putting their hope. He wants to know where they're, they're believing for, what they're believing for. I think this is partly just a relational thing. If you have kids, you know what it's like to, you know, you tell your kids to do something like, hey, uh, uh, could, you, could you please go and, uh, and uh, you know, take out the garbage? And they go down and they sort the recycling and come back up and say, hey, hey uh, 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 I did something great. Well, did you take out the garbage? No, even better. I sorted the recycling. You're like, so is the garbage still in the gar- garage? Yes. So you didn't do what I asked? No. Okay, so, so we're going to talk about obedience. I think this is partly what God is saying. I don't want to just raise up good people who are going to do good things. I want to raise up God's people who are going to do God things. I want, to, I want to know that when I say something, they're going to be like, yes, we're your people. And we say, yes, we're going to do what you ask. We're not just going to do good things. We're going to do what you ask. You say to get bread, we'll get bread. You say only get enough for one day, we'll get only enough for one day. But more than just a a relational thing, I think God here is establishing a trust. He's saying, do you trust me to provide for you? Or are you going to take extra so that you can trust your extra rather than me? Today I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Whether we trust God for tomorrow or we trust our extra for tomorrow. Do we trust God to be our provider for tomorrow or do we trust today's provision to somehow expand and and meet us in in the next days? Do we we trust that God will meet us tomorrow or are we going to try to hoard and make sure that everything's looked after right now and beg, borrow, steal, bump people aside, climb the corporate ladder, do whatever we need to do to get to the top so that we can have enough today to last us through tomorrow and the rest of our lives and retirement and all of those spaces? Are we going to do all of that Or are we going to say, God, if all you want me to have today is what I need for today, then I'm going to trust that tomorrow you're going to meet me tomorrow. I think God's sort of saying, Israel, it's not always going to be this way. You won't always be living day to day or check to check as we kind of know it. But right now in this season, I want to know, will you trust me when it is this way? 
Will you allow me to lead you, or, or are you only going to trust manna? You going to trust the provision or the provider in this time? Exodus 16, 19 to 21, it says, And Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. So now they've gone out, they've gathered. No one, Moses says. It's not, it's not that he's like, Hey, if you got some leftovers, stick it in some like Tupperware and tuck it away in your fridge that doesn't exist. And by the way, Tupperware doesn't exist. And you know, store it up somewhere. Yeah, yes, you shouldn't have taken that much, but it's okay. Let's not put it to waste. No, he says, if you got extra, get rid of it. You only get what you get today. You're not allowed to have anything extra because we're in a trust process with God. We're learning how to trust Him right now. We're learning to believe that He will cover us tomorrow and, and, and all we need is what He gives us today. We're learning how to do that with God right now. And this is how they respond. It says, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. By the way, I am so glad that I do not have to lead in the same time that Moses had to lead. I'm so glad that I get to be Evan at Northgate rather than Moses in the wilderness. The, you people, just so you know, my Northgate friends, you are so much better to lead than the Israelites were ever to lead in the wilderness. So thank you. So they say, well, that's nice, Moses. Uh, we don't really care. What do you have to say? They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning everyone gathered as much as they needed and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. I, I just think like, what kind of bread was this? That it literally couldn't last through one night. Like they're eating it up till, maybe they're eating it up till like 11.59 at night and then they go to take their next bite and like maggots. Like what in the world kind of bread is this? Like you know that this is miraculous bread. It's got zero preservatives, that's for sure. Like it's definitely, God's not like, okay, let's make sure that this lasts a while because I've only got enough for one day. This is one miracle that took all of my energy. And you better hold on to that miracle because you're not going to get another one anytime soon out of me. I've got to sleep. I've got to rest. I've got to build up my strength again. No, no, God's not putting preservatives in it trying to protect that thing. I think that it's good for us to know that God is not as much about the preservation but the provision in our lives. That he's not trying to give us one thing and say, remember that day back at that camp? When that big spiritual thing happened in your life? Or remember that time when I provided miraculously for you financially? Oh, that was good. Too bad I can't do that again, hey? Uh, did you save it? I hope you saved it. Because, I mean, pfft, this is going to be really hard for me to muster anything like that up. Or remember that time way back then when I restored that relationship? And you, you thought there was no chance and all of a sudden forgiveness came to that broken scenario and it was, there were tears and there was snot and there was hugs and it wasn't COVID at that time and it, it was all those. Remember that moment? Oh, good thing that happened. So you could look back at that for the rest of your life and it could preserve your faith. See, God is not all about preserving your faith off a single miracle. He's about providing for your faith off daily interactions with you and regular new miracles in your life. Financial, health, spiritual. He wants to provide for you daily. He's not trying to preserve it all. He's trying to provide it all. 
And so that's why God says, I don't want you to have enough for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Right now, Israel, where you're at in this season, it may not always be that way, but right now what I want you to learn is that I will meet you tomorrow and you can trust that because I met you today. So do you have enough for today? When I was a youth pastor, I had this, uh, this youth kid. He was a great kid. Um, and his dad got cancer. Their family had quite a background and, and, and uh, was already sort of torn up in different ways, but his dad got cancer, and, and uh, this guy was, was just beside himself. And we would walk together, we'd pray together, we'd talk about things together regularly, and just, just try to process this together and bring our concerns and anxieties to God. But there was this one day I remember he was just riddled with anxiety. He was just, he was just sort of stuck in this spot where he's like, I could, he couldn't see past it. He couldn't get beyond where he was in that moment. And, and he just kept asking me, what if I don't have enough? What if he dies? What if I can't handle it? What if I can't, what if I, I can't do what I need to do? I, 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 I just don't know if I'm going to be enough for my family. I don't know if I'm just going to crumple down. And I, I, and, and I don't know how I will respond and how I will mourn. and how I don't know if I'll have what, it, what I need in that time of. He was riddled with fear about what would happen or could happen or might happen in the future and his lack of provision to handle it then. I think so often we're in that same spot. Where we're like, God, <clears throat> I don't know if I'll have enough for then. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I can take one more day of this. I, I, I don't know if tomorrow I can handle uh, facing this pain in my heart anymore. I don't know if tomorrow I can be okay with, with that person uh, sort of being that way to me anymore. I don't know if I can handle one more day in this financial rut that I'm in anymore. I don't know if, I can, if tomorrow I'll be able to deal with this. And I think God would say the same thing to you that he said to me for that boy in that day. felt so clearly like God said to me in that time when he's like, I don't know if I'll have enough for tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be able to walk it out tomorrow. What if he dies? Like for him, his only prayer would be, God, keep my dad alive. So I don't know if I can handle it. Uh, the words of God, they weren't my words. They came to me and just, I just spoke them to him and they're so clear in the moment. One of those sweet moments where it's like, whoa, God, God gave me something there. He said, do you have enough for today? Because this guy was just stuck thinking all about the, how, how what he had for today wasn't enough for tomorrow. And God brought him straight back and said, do you have enough for today? Well, yeah, sure I have enough for today. My dad's not dead today. He's, he's just sick. I can still talk to him. I can still hear. Uh, uh, but but uh, the state I'm in right now, I don't think I'd have enough for tomorrow. And God says, do you have enough for today? 
Because I'm not asking you to have enough for tomorrow. We're not there yet. We haven't seen that day yet. We haven't accomplished that day yet. In fact, Jesus, in a, in a piece of scripture, he says at one point, do not worry about tomorrow, for today has enough worries of its own. Don't go there yet. Do you have enough for today? Yeah, you're probably not strong enough to be the person you need to be tomorrow, today. But the good news is, tomorrow God can make you that. Today he doesn't need to. We love the assurance in this moment. God, can, can you give me all the money I need right now so I can just know that I'm good for this week, month, year, lifetime? God, can you just assure me that all my family will always be healthy for the rest of my... God, can you assure me that I will die before my kids? Can you just assure me that my kids will never walk away from faith and will never, can you just assure me, I just need to know, I know what I need, God. I know what everything's supposed to look like. I know what my life story is supposed to look like. Can you just bring it into fruition? Show me a vision now that I can see what my future is so I can know that I have enough for it. I think God wants to say to some of us, wait, I don't want to give you enough today for tomorrow. I want to give you enough today for today. Well, why, God? So that tomorrow, when you need something, you're going to come to me. You're going to meet me. You're going to be strengthened up. You're going to level up in your faith. You're going to grow. See, we always have a pretty clear plan of how we think our lives should work out and, and, and we, how our life story should be told, how things should go, and we usually pray into that, God, just, just give me all the things that you know I need. You know I can't handle that breakup. You know I can't handle hearing that negative word said about me. You know I can't handle. So just don't let those words come to me. Don't let that debt uh, uh, pile up. Don't let that bill come to me. Don't let that test overwhelm me. Don't let me get that teacher. Don't let him say that thing. Don't let me be, uh, uh, be, be uh, surrounded by those people. Don't let that happen, Lord. You just make it so it doesn't happen. We we think we know how our story should go, and that's how we pray. But God started speaking to me today about a revision to your story. And he wants to know if, that if there's a re revision, do you trust him for provision? If there's a difference in how your story is written than how you would have written it, do you still trust him for provision? Or are you only okay with your life looking a certain way? Because he taught Israel, I just need you to come to me every day. Have you learned that? Have I learned that? We all have an idea of how it should look. I remember um, I was grade six. Learned a huge lesson in grade six. And uh, in grade six, I was in a class. My class listened to the radio every day. We listened to the first story that they'd, they'd show. and We'd write the who, what, where, when, why, how, or whatever uh, out of it. And so we would hear all the biggest news stories in grade six. And there was this one season where it felt like there was lots of plane crashes. As a grade six kid, I started being a little bit freaked out. I'm like, man, I don't know if I ever want to go on a plane. That sounds pretty scary to me. 
And, and soon enough, my parents planned a trip for the two of them to go away on a plane. I remember being freaked out, freaked out. Seriously, I wouldn't sleep at night. I, I was so afraid that my parents were definitely going to die if they went and got on that plane. And so I, I just prayed to God, God, whatever you do, I don't care what happens in my life, just don't let my parents go on that plane. Don't let them go on that trip. Don't let them. And in my grade six mind, I was pretty sure that as long as my parents didn't get on that plane, everything would be good. And you might be thinking, that's irrational, Ev. Most planes are fine. Your parents probably would have been fine they needed the holiday anyways let them go away but I was like everything else shuts out of my life and this is my only prayer for weeks leading up to this my grade six mind don't let them go on the plane don't let them go on the plane God I can't have them go away I I just don't know what I would do if they went away and what what if something happened to them I don't know if I could handle it God this is what I want to happen Well, they were were just like a week out from going on the plane. And my uncle, who was 32, passed away from a heart attack suddenly. My uncle that I always wrestled with. You know, I loved this uncle. We would battle. We'd just joke around. He was just the guy that I loved always. And and I I just loved being around him. 32 years old, three kids dropped suddenly. My parents stayed home for the funeral, didn't go on the plane. I remember thinking, God, I'd give anything to have my uncle back. I got, my parents can go away on the plane. See, sometimes we, we pray with such limited understanding of how God actually wants to provide for us. We pray into these certain things like Israel could have prayed and said, God, just give us, don't just give us enough for a day, give us enough for however long we'll be here. Give us enough so we know we're provided for. God wants to say to us, I don't want you to know you're provided for because of the provision that is in your household or your bank account or your friend group or your church or your securities or your whatever. I don't want you to know your provision because of all of those things. I want you to know you're provided for because tomorrow the same God that met you today will be there. And we'll provide for you and we'll give you everything that you need. And so can we start to shift our prayers instead of saying, God, this is the story that I need. Now make it happen. Instead saying, God, wherever you lead me, I'm going to believe that you're going to provide for me in that space. And it won't be yesterday's bread. It will be fresh. I won't need what I used to have. I'll need what I'm about to receive from you. I won't need a revelation from when I got saved or when I learned about you for the first time I'll need a revelation for today in that moment because you're not about preservation you're about provision Matthew 6 verse 11 the middle of 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 the Lord's prayer people have asked Jesus how do we pray how are we supposed to pray? What are we supposed to do? How, do? how do we do all this thing? And he says a few things. A lot of you know what he, what he says. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, all of these things. And then he gets to this spot, Matthew 6, 11. Now give us today our bread for tomorrow. No. Give us today our retirement savings. No. 
Give us today the security that we need for the future. No, give us today the certainty of no deaths. Give us today the certainty of healthy bodies. No, give us today the certainty of a political system that always honors Christianity. No, give us today our daily bread. That's actually a hard prayer. That's how many of us would be very dissatisfied if all we had was what we needed today. You're saying I have to rely on God again tomorrow? Yeah. Jesus, are you not big enough to just give me today what I need for a while at least? Sure, I'm big enough. Well, then why don't you do it? So that you come back. But then the next day comes and we recognize we need a provision and we don't know, it, it's, it, who knows what it is. It's for something different than we anticipated and we, we quickly try to solve it in a million different other ways and Jesus said, wait, hold up a sec. I told you, come back daily. We're like, well, uh, we can't come back every day. Yes, I want you to come back every day. Well, shouldn't the provision from yesterday be okay for today? No, it's full of maggots. It's rotting. It's not what you need for today. Well, how do I get what I need today? You come to Jesus today and he will give you the bread that will never go bad you'll never hunger again philippians 4 12 to 13 this is paul speaking he's speaking to his favorite church he says i know what it is to be in need and i know what it is to have plenty in other words i know what it is to be living day to day and I know what it is to be in a spot where I'm a little bit more comfortable. I've, I've seen both of those. Maybe you're in a spot where you're a bit more comfortable in life. You don't actually feel like daily you have needs. And one thing I want to warn you about, if you don't daily have needs, you might not daily go to Christ, and you might soon find out that your relationship with Jesus has actually gone a little ways away, and you've got a better relationship with your money than with Jesus. But Paul doesn't say, hey, you, you better be hungry you better be poor he says look i know what it is to be in both he says i have learned the secret of being content in every situation in both of those situations because don't for a second think that those who are rich are more content than those who are poor contentment doesn't really have to do anything with your money the richest often still need the newest and the next and the greatest and the more. I still, I'm not content until I have it. The poorest can still feel like I, I'm not happy and I must need what they have to be happy. And the comparison gets, and he's saying, I, don't, I know what it is to not compare. I know what it is to not be in want. I know what it is to not be spending all my time online shopping in this season because I don't know if I have what I need to, be, to manage COVID. I know what it is to walk that out. And everyone says, well, what is it? What's the secret to being content then, Paul? It says, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Here it is. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Who's Him? Jesus. The bread that will not get maggots in it, that will sustain you, that will be enough for you. He says, I have learned what it is to be content all the time, fulfilled 
all the time, satisfied all the time. What is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. See, one of the things that Israel had to do is recognize that bread wasn't going to sustain them. In fact, Jesus says that to Satan later on. He says, man can not live on bread alone, but on the words of God. And so bread, they had to realize bread wasn't going to sustain them. Well, wasn't it bread that was sustaining them? Yes, but it was actually God that was sustaining them. It wasn't going to be bread. It wasn't going to be meat that was going to sustain them. It wasn't going to be water. It was going to be daily provision from God that was going to sustain them. It was going to be Him that was enough. So they had to give up every other thing that they held on to that provided for them. They had to stop thinking that it was going to be Egypt that would provide for them. They had to stop thinking that it was going to be their riches that they had acquired that would provide for them or yesterday's dinner that was going to provide for them they had to know that tomorrow the provision that they needed would show up tomorrow from the God who is just as real tomorrow as he is today and for us to be in that spot the thing that we have to do is say we have to identify what is the worldly possession that we have that we have started to rely on for satisfaction, fulfillment, and provision. What is it for you? It would be money. You feel good about tomorrow because your bank account's good. So I should be good. God is good and my bank account's full. For you, is it health? Well, I've, uh, uh, it's not getting worse. Since it's not getting worse, then, then, uh, then, then everything should be good. Maybe God's actually asking you to put that your health on, an, on the altar and say, if your health left you, would you still believe that I provide tomorrow? Would you believe I provide enough courage and strength for you to handle that situation? Maybe it's, maybe it's your relationship. God, as long as I've got this one relationship, I know everything's going to be good. So thank you for giving me this one relationship. And he's saying, yeah, but that relationship wasn't to preserve you. That was a a provision, uh, something I gave you, a gift for you. And for a day, you accept it, you receive it, you love it. But tomorrow, you may need a whole different kind of provision. Are you okay? If that relationship gets rocky, if that thing turns, whatever it might be, we're gonna, you're going to pray for it, you're going to call on me for it, you're going you're gonna to believe for something, but do you believe that I have provision beyond that relationship? Maybe you think, God, as long as I am able to have a child, then, uh, then I'll feel good and then I'll be good. And he's saying, are you okay if I actually am going to provide a different way for you? Would you lay that thing on the altar? And believe that your happiness, fulfillment, and satisfaction can be found in a different way. Because I am the God of provision in the midst of revision of your story. So I just have one question for you. What is the one worldly possession or relationship or health? What is the one thing that you feel like You can't live a fulfilled, satisfied life without.
And then I want you to pray this prayer. I'm going to say it, and then we'll pray it. I'm going to say, God, I trust you for my peace and fulfillment more than blank. I'm going to trust you more than I'm going to trust my money. I'm going to trust you more than that relationship. I'm going to trust you more than, than I'm going to trust that health, that bill of health. I'm going to trust you more than I trust that paycheck. I'm going to trust you more than I'm going to, to, to trust that status or that popularity or that whatever it is. And daily I'm going to come back and eat the provision that you give to me. So I just want to pray that for you. This moment, God is saying, would you lay that thing down? And just in your own heart, in your own mind, this is a significant moment. I know it's happening online, it's happening in your living room, but this is a significant moment where God's saying, hey, would you, would you put yourself in a position where you would daily require returning to me to provide for you? Because your story may look tomorrow, different tomorrow than it does today. So the provision for today shouldn't carry you for tomorrow. It, your storehouses may be full now, but tomorrow there could be a fire. Or tomorrow you could have a loss that you would give all of your money f- to change. And will you still know how to come to me and receive my provision? So Lord, today we come to you and we just lay down the thing that we've trusted for satisfaction and fulfillment in our lives. Show us how to trust in you instead. That even if that thing is taken away from us, our money, our health, our our job, our family that we want, the relationship that we hope works out, the grades that we hope we get, even if those things don't happen the way we want. We'll trust you for tomorrow because you've provided for us today. Teach us to do that, Lord. Teach us to receive you, Jesus Christ, and every gift that you've given us. You're the true bread of heaven. And when we we partake in you, receive you, we'll never hunger again. Today, help us receive you and all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.